and welcome to the podcast. I am Joe Posnanski, and with me is Michael Shore. Michael, welcome. Joe, thanks for having me. You're welcome. This is this is a full fledged emergency podcast. Is what this is, right? This is that's right. It's a, it's a this is a four alarm four alarm emergency four alarm emergency podcast. Which uh, so to warn you in advance, uh, this is not this is not the full podcast. This is not the full fledged us rambling for no reason for hours and hours uh podcast this is a tight quick 30 minute emergency podcast uh to discuss game seven of the world series we can do this right we we are capable of this we can totally not do this um (laughs) (laughs) but (laughs) so the scenario just so you know it's it's wednesday it's the day of game seven it's about 10 30 in the morning la time you are you. The reason this is a tight thirty-minute podcast is you have to leave to go to the stadium in that's like forty-five minutes. That's right. I will be attending Game Seven as well with my son tonight. But we wanted to get on record with breakdowns and predictions of what's going to happen before the game, so that people can be again amazed <laughs> and uh, and astounded by our powers of prognostication. There's no question that people will listen to this for years to come. Uh, because we'll, we're going to perfectly yeah. nail what is going to happen tonight uh, in, in Game Seven. Uh, first, right. first thing we should we should recap uh, where we are. This is uh, this is Game Seven, of course. Uh, they are the Houston Astros and Los Angeles Dodgers are tied at three three, and it has been a truly astonishing World Series, right? I mean, this has been in in some ways uh, this has been the craziest World Series I can remember. Yeah, here's how great it's been, and here's how crazy it's been. Last night, Game 6, um, you had Justin Verlander, a potential, as you said, we were, we were texting during the game, a potential future Hall of Fame pitcher, sure. pitching, uh, absolutely blowing the Dodgers lineup out of the water for five innings, just shutting them down, eight strikeouts, No, looked, looked unhittable. You also had Rich Hill pitching really well. You had Dave Roberts pulling him after four and two-thirds, uh, you know, he getting out of a bases loaded jam pretty much uh, in the fifth inning or sixth, whatever it was fifth inning. You had, you know, timely, uh, a couple timely hits by the Dodgers. You had these incredible matchups. You had this incredible bullpen. Kenley Jansen went two innings. All of this crazy stuff happened. You had a, a fly ball to the wall in the in the eighth inning, whatever it was, seventh inning, that looked like it was going to be a home run for Seager. And the final score was three to one. It was a taut, suspenseful game six in which the team down three two came back to salvage a game seven. No one will ever talk about this game. <laughs> this, this game, this game is utterly lost immediately to the annals of history. Despite the fact that in an ordinary World Series, this would be like, wow, what an amazing game. Let's break down all that stuff that happened. No one cares because game five was so ridiculous. Game two was so ridiculous. All There have been so many moments in this World Series for both sides. So many decisions, so many question marks, so many uh, big guys stepping up in big situations. Jock Peterson hitting an opposite field home run, which he never does. <laughs> never, Jock never Peterson. Does no, does Jock Peterson, the shift on Jock Peterson is... All eight guys, all nine guys, including the catcher, go and play behind second base. That's how they shift for Jock Peterson. The catcher goes and stands between where first and second is. The left fielder is standing four feet off of the first baseline. It is the most extreme shift of almost any player. And then last night, what does he do? He flips a ball over the wall in left field. It's ridiculous. And yet, I believe when the story of this World Series is told, this game six, they'll skip right over game six, right? It won't even be, it'll be like, and then the Dodgers won three to one, and now here's game seven. 
it's like the fourth or fifth best game of the series so far, and it was a terrific game. Uh, the Jack Peterson thing uh, should, should be added. Here's how rare it is for Jack Peterson to hit an opposite field home run. Early in the year, Kenley Jansen offered him $75,000 if he ever hit an opposite <laughs> field home run. <laughs> I mean, that's a teammate. So sure, just set, if you ever hit an opposite field home run, $75,000. So actually, after he hit the home run, uh, he made some sort of pay me type symbol to Kenley Jansen, right. uh, which was awesome. But yeah, I mean, this, I thought game six was, was, you know, I mean, that's, that's good baseball. That's just really, really good baseball. Yeah. But it came off of not only has this whole series oversold it, uh, over, over, you know, ridden it, uh, if, if you will, um, Game five was insane. It was insane, and and I've I've been talking to people. I've been I've been saying this uh, for a while because you know it's you you never want to overstate the present, right? Because it, you you're, you're caught up in the emotion of it, and you don't want to you don't want to uh, yeah you, you forget what happened in the past, and and what happened just right in front of your eyes is so present in your in your in your thoughts. Uh, you never want to do that, but. I'm telling you, Game Five is the craziest baseball game I've ever seen. Uh, you know, and, and that includes some incredible, you know, game, you know, Game Six in 2011, that Cardinals Rangers, you know, lunacy game where you know every everybody kept coming back. I've never seen a game where the emotions moved as much as they did in Game Five, and 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 I think part of it is, of course. The incredible action, the game-tying homers, you know, back and forth, back and forth. The Dodgers led by four, then they led by three, then they led by one. Uh, the Astros came back, then the Astros led by three, and the Dodgers came back. I mean, it was nuts. But more than that, there was, there was, there was real sort of historic tension to it because Clayton Kershaw started that game, and so, it, you know, it, as insane as everything was, it was double the insanity because. Clayton Kershaw, one of the you know one of the greatest pitchers in the history of baseball, the the the, the pitcher of his generation, blew a four and a three run lead separately, two different leads, a four run lead and a three run lead, which is impossible. It's impossible for Clayton Kershaw to do that. So you throw everything that happened in the game, like from a from a play perspective, where you're just like this is this is just you know it's ping pong, it's maddening, it's 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 balls just everything's going all over the place. And then you throw in this idea. I mean, look, Dallas Keuchel also started that game, who's a terrific pitcher. But you throw the Clayton Kershaw in there, I've never seen a game like that. Yeah, the only thing that I'll say, because it is such a bummer, it is such a bummer that Clayton Kershaw blew those leads because we were so close to ending that that narrative forever. And now not only, as we have talked about, not only is it not ended forever, now it's hard to argue with. Right now, it's like, well, now there's a lot of data points. There's yes. a lot of data points saying that, like, something weird happens to that guy in the postseason. I don't, again, who knows? Who knows what that is? It could be random chance. But the weirdest, one of the weirdest things about that game is that as you and I have been talking about, that stadium, what I still like to think of as Enron Stadium, right. <laughs> uh, has been a pitcher's park for a long time. And then suddenly you have a 13 to 12 game yeah. in which a couple things happen. Number one, Yasiel Puig hits a one handed line drive home run. <laughs> Uh, that was on like an outside fastball. That was absurd. That is an, I know he's the strongest living human being, but that was a, that was ridiculous. There is something wrong with these baseballs. Like there's just like, I don't know what it is. There, there, these baseballs are not normal baseballs because that's not supposed to happen. You also had Jose Altuve hit 
a ridiculously long. You had George Springer's home runs this year. Have he's looked like in the postseason? He's looked like Stanton basically, right? He's hitting. Yes. He's yes. hitting what looked to be like four hundred and seventy-five foot home runs to left center. Um, you have uh, you have the Dodgers scoring in the giving staking Kershaw to a huge lead, and then Kershaw giving up that lead. Then you have the Dodgers coming back on a Bellinger home run that uh, that was like okay, well now it's seven to four. Now the game's over, and then right. Kershaw immediately falls apart, but he doesn't fall apart in the way that he has fallen apart. He falls apart by no. walking a guy, which, which is weird. Two guys in a row, yeah. Two guys in a row. Then Maeda comes in, and Maeda is actually the one who technically gives up that lead, right? <laughs> technically, Kershaw only gave up six runs and not seven, but who cares? It doesn't matter. And then, and so now it's a new game at 7-7 or whatever it was at the time, and that is only that's like... 35% of what happened in that game. That's about a third of what happened in that game. Among the other things that happened in that game, it should be noted, the Dodgers used their cleanup hitter to bunt, to sacrifice bunt, they, oh, or like, to attempt a sacrifice bunt Don't get me started. in a game in which 25 runs were scored. Oh. They used their cleanup hitter to attempt a sacrifice bunt. I mean, it, like that will be lost to the in that that detail will be lost, I think, to history. But it should never be it should never be forgotten. Never should be lost. That was one of the never. craziest moves I've ever seen in my life. What are you doing? What are you doing? It's s- like it's a fifth or sixth inning, right? It was a sixth, I think. It was the seventh inning, I believe. It was the seventh inning. It was the inning they ended up scoring the run purely uh, because. Uh, because Bellinger hit the ball to center and then Springer dove for it and, and right. it sprinted by him. Uh, so they really, you know, that was sort of a gift run in some ways. Uh, seventh inning of an already wild game where where the scores were just going crazy. And then he follows that up by putting Brandon Morrow into the game for the fifth straight game. So Brandon Morrow has pitched in all six games, of the, and he will right. pitch tonight. For sure. So he will pitch in all seven games, which happened one time before. But the one time it happened before was Gerald Knowles in 1973, and he pitched six and a third total innings. So he like he'd come in to face a batter or two, and then he was out. Brandon right. Morrow's like throwing full innings, two innings with anything he can get out of this guy's arm. He brings Brandon Morrow in, even though he he had told everyone, including Ken Rosenthal, who told everybody, Morrow wasn't available. Then Morrow calls and uh, when they take the lead, Morrow calls the dugout and says, I feel good. And they're like, okay, let's put him in the game, which is, I mean, that's, that's insanity on a whole other level. Morrow did not feel good. He gives up like three of the, you know, hardest hit balls I've ever seen in my life in a row. Uh, That that game was insane. It was pure insanity. It was a hundred. Yes. It was a hundred percent insane. And then you had this kind of normal, relatively speaking, normal game. Normal game six, just a well-played postseason game. And now, here we are. We are going into game seven of the World Series. One of the most exciting things that can happen in sports is a game seven of a World Series. Then you add to it how crazy the series has been to this point. I feel like the only thing we should do for the next 18 minutes of this emergency podcast is make insane predictions about what is going to happen tonight. Here's my, I have a couple of questions for you. I want to ask you these questions and you tell me what you think uh, uh, about each of them. Okay. okay. Question number one, does okay. Clayton Kershaw pitch in the game tonight? Oh, more than one inning. Absolutely. Absolutely. Clayton Kershaw pitches tonight and he pitches more than one inning in my view. Interesting. And do you think he is pitching with a lead or do you think he's pitching in a tie game or do you think he's pitching when the team is down? Ooh, good question. Good question. He, he, he could, 
He could and will conceivably come in all of those situations. So if they fall behind early, <laughs> he will pitch. If they're right. ahead, he will pitch. And if they're tied, he will pitch. So any of those uh, possibilities, uh, he will pitch. We will see Clayton Kershaw on the game tonight. So in other words, you are saying that for Dave Roberts, Clayton Kershaw's lifetime body of work far outweighs any kind of stupid postseason narrative of he can't have success in the postseason. Oh. And in any, in, I, is he the first guy out of the Dodgers bullpen? There's another question for you. Yeah, I'm, I, I will say this. I'm actually a little bit surprised he's not starting the game. Really? I, I mean, I understand. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm glad he's not, by the way. I, I, I think the one guy who is who has taken it on the chin unfairly is you, Darvish. Uh, who I think is really, really good and had a bad outing, uh, and and there are those that wanted to, to sort of bench him. Uh, but I would not have been surprised if he had said, hey, I want Darvish to be the first guy out of the pan. I'm starting Kershaw. He's going to pitch anyway. Uh, so to me, that's the only sort of like – that was the only potential. So, yeah, first guy out of the pan, practically ready to go as the game begins. So if Darvish does blow up early or whatever – uh, that'll be Clayton Kershaw coming out of the pen. I think that's that's my guess, but I think we will see Clayton Kershaw and we will see him for more than one inning. Okay, next question. I agree with you, by the way. I think he's I think yeah. he's teed up to be the Madison Bumgarner slash yes. Mike Mussina uh, oh, slash well, whoever guy well, who comes out and basically pitches as long as he can. Uh, well, let me ask as long you as this. he's effective, let, I feel. Let like me ask you this. Yeah. Let me reverse the question to you. If Clayton Kershaw comes out tonight and pitches really well for two innings, two and a third, as many as three. I don't think he's getting three. But let's say he comes out and pitches really, really well, gets him out of a jam, does something. Does that in any way lighten the load for uh, for, for his for his somewhat disastrous game uh, five? Yes, I think it absolutely would. I think, it, I think the narrative yeah. would shift from can't do it because there's no bigger game the whole thing with him has been big games right so it's like there's no bigger right. game than game seven so if he comes out and he he pulls any kind of bum garner uh type situation i mean but that would be obviously remarkable but if he came out in a tie game and threw you know two and two thirds of perfect innings or he came out you know with a lead and through, you know, two perfect innings or anything, really anything. If he has any measure of success that contributes, his team's got to win, obviously. Right. right. Um, but uh, for this dumb narrative to, to shift. <laughs> but yes, I think if he has any kind of, um, you know, if he has any kind of uh, success in game seven and the Dodgers win, I think it does a big, it does a huge, because then you're looking at game one, Terrific. you know, brilliant. Terrific, right. Game seven, hero. Yeah, okay, he fell apart in Game 5. It ultimately didn't matter. The Dodgers won the series, and he was a big reason why. You know, I mean, obviously, for the Clayton Kershaw uh, fans out there, what you want is for him to pull an actual Bumgarner and pitch, you know, four and two-thirds perfect innings to, to seal the deal, at which point, by the way, he might end up getting the MVP of the series because, <laughs> because the series has been so bonkers. Um, but yes, I, I, I agree with you. I think he's pitching. I think he's pitching in any scenario. I think he's the first guy out of the pen, unless, uh, right, you know, right. Darvish goes eight innings of two hit shutout ball and it's seven to nothing. And then I think the first guy out of the pen is Jansen, obviously. Okay. Next question. Are we about to see a 13 to 12 game or a three to one game? Ooh, I think closer to three to one, my view closer to three to one. And for a couple of reasons, one, you mentioned the Seager, uh, ball to the wall yesterday in, in game six, uh, that's a home run. 
uh, in, in hot weather, I think. I mean, the way yeah. the balls were flying out, especially in game two, uh, that that's a home run. And probably not even close. I mean, that, it's a home run where the outfielder doesn't even make it all the way back to the wall kind of home run. Um, right. And this one was caught at the wall. So we got the same weather today. It's cooler. Dodger Stadium is, lest we forget, a pitcher's park when, when the conditions aren't uh, kind of insane. I think... I think we get something of a pitcher's duel, especially because both both uh, managers are going to go nuts tonight. I think both managers are. We're not going to see. We're not going to see Ken Giles. Probably not going to see Chris Davinsky. We're probably not going to see. Uh, you know, um, whoever Josh Fields. We're certainly not going to Josh Fields or whatever. They're gonna. They're gonna bring guys off the bench like we will not believe. I think there is a very reasonable chance we see Justin Verlander tonight. So I think all bets are off. They're, everybody's going to do everything to prevent every single run. So I think more of a pitcher's duel. What do you think? I weirdly think it's going to be somewhere in between. Okay. I feel like I feel like this is I feel like these these people are gassed. <laughs> They're so exhausted. Every bullpen arm is exhausted. Every it, you know, even the guys you're talking about Kershaw and Verlander, they pitched two days ago. They're all going to be exhausted. I feel like we're looking at like a six to five yeah. game or something in there. You know, like a, I feel like there's if you if you set the over under of runs scored at nine and a half, I would take the over, I think. Um, uh, here's think another over under for you. Okay. Sent in by TJ, our intrepid producer, over under four and a half hours for the game length. <laughs> I'm going under, under TJ. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, yeah. By the way, we should congratulate TJ uh, on the actual podcast, right? Oh yes, it was a big yes. Last last week we had a, a milestone, a real podcast milestone. Uh, TJ, our producer, uh, recorded an entire podcast with us. It was long, right? It was like an hour twenty, something like that. It was a it was a long one. Yeah, it was an hour twenty. It was an hour twenty, and then uh, it failed to record. <laughs> <laughs> Now, it should be noted, which, which, this is in no way, shape, or form TJ's fault. This is the no. fault of the concept of the podcast, which from its inception, part of the podcast, the definition of the podcast was Joe Posnanski and Mike Shore talk about baseball and the sound is not recorded. That's how it was pitched to the to our employers, is we're going to do a long podcast every week. We'll talk about baseball and something bad will happen technically and it won't record. Right, uh, right. Oh, actually, TJ is pointing out right now, it did record. It just had terrible feedback and static, which it, which used to be also another feature of the podcast before <laughs> I realized that you could buy a microphone for $60. Uh, I, look, I, I think I think in all seriousness, we are – this is a congratulations to TJ because, I mean, I don't think you've arrived as a podcast producer until you've lost a podcast. I mean, there's no – this is this is so such a part of the DNA of this of this podcast uh, that frankly it was getting a little too professional around here, and we can't have that. That's right. But but, but getting back to the point, I think it's I look. I mean, you never know. You never know. And 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 there are different kinds of four and a half hour games. I mean, I think that's important to say. I mean, it's obviously you know four and a half hours is long. That's that's really really long for a baseball game. But there are four and a half hour or four hour or three and a half hour games that are tight and taut and and you know everything's moving and and that's just the way the game is and there are others that stretch out and and you know there's just too much time between pitches and and uh, so many pitching changes and all that sort of thing so 
what I'm expecting is a classic. I mean, I think. I think it's going to be a great game. Uh, I'd be disappointed if it isn't, just because every one of these games has been, you know, they haven't all been classics, but but every game has been interesting, and there have been a couple of classics in there. So the way this should end, right, is with, with a great baseball game. Yeah, the way, the, what we're owed... Uh, really, based on what the series has provided us, is just an interesting game. Like the the only thing that would kind of be a bummer right. is an is an eight to one game that's never really in question right. uh, from either side. Like well, you you just want whether it's thirteen to twelve or two to one, you just or six to five or whatever. You just want there to be you want there to be late inning tension. You want to be going to the eighth inning with the thought either team can still win this very easily. Uh, especially based on what we've seen, that every hitter in the Astros lineup uh, can hit home runs. Every hitter in the Dodgers lineup can hit home runs. Like, there's no, like, Charlie Culbertson has, like, a 1.8 OPS in this this World Series. Like, there's no no one, there's no safety. No one feels safe. No one feels secure. There's no pitcher. Jensen has been knocked around. Giles has been knocked around. Everybody's been knocked around. Peacock's been knocked around. Verlander's they've scratched a runs off Verlander they've knocked Kershaw around they've knocked Darvish and Rich Hill and uh and Keuchel and everybody every single pitcher has uh has been knocked around so I can't imagine the only way that this is uh is disappointing is if it's nine to one in the ninth inning either way right like other than that I think we're we should be uh, we should be in for some good times. Yeah. So um, I think- all right. What other what other questions do we have though? We have we need to we only have five minutes left. We got to ask more questions. Right. Well, but first of all, I want to I want to follow up on what you said. I think there's a really good point there, and, and actually, this will lead to a question. Um, there's no aura about any of these players in this series, and I mean that in the best way, not in the worst way. Sometimes in a series, like you know, you'll you'll get to a World Series, uh, and uh, Andrew Miller had this last year where. Andrew Miller would come into the game and everybody would be like, oh, wow, that nothing's happened in the next two innings, right? Because uh, Andrew Miller is this good and there's no way that anything is going to change or, 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 or happen against a guy this good. Only guy on, this, on the field to me that feels like he has a little bit of an aura about him, like the other team is a little bit fearful of him, is, is George Springer because Springer has hit all of these bomb home runs. But everybody else, it feels like, you know, it's it's sort of like, you know, I, I don't like boxing analogies per se, but, you know, there's that moment, in, in, especially at the end of old heavyweight fights, 12th, 13th, 14th round, where the guys have lost complete fear of each other. They're not even trying to, to block punches anymore, and they're just throwing just, just, just haymaker after haymaker uh, at each other. And that's where this series feels like. So leads to the question, I think you're right. I think that there's so many things that can happen. Who's the hero tonight? Who is the hero of Game Seven? That's a great question. I feel like this is this is a cop out answer. I feel like the hero is going to be a pitcher. Right. It's like I I just it feels like the, with all of the crazy hitting, with all of these guys going deep, uh, with Altuve and Correa and Springer and Jock Peterson and all the and now Bellinger's getting in on the act. I feel like what we're teed up for is. In the same way that the hero, the hero of Game Seven of the Yankees Astros series was a pitcher, right? It was like the guy who comes in and and just shuts down the big lineup and just and it's like it's not it's not flashy. It's like four or five innings or whatever it was of just like suffocating good hard pitching. But I feel like if if you're looking for a hero 
tonight you look to the you look to the bullpens. You look to the starters of the bullpens and you say like the hero is going to be the guy who can throw 3 and 2 thirds or 4 and a third of shutout baseball and and um and the other guy doesn't and that's when they score a few runs and that's when that's how where the game is won because that there's just been like that was the thing about game 5. Uh and to some right. extent game 2 was just like no one could do that. Like no matter who the Dodgers brought in, no matter who the Astros brought in, no one could stop the bleeding. And the bleeding was like, like an, a pierced artery kind of bleeding <laughs> where the blood is just, the blood is just spurting out everywhere uncontrollably. So, I mean, if I had to guess right now, if I, had, if you had to, if you were making a prop bet in Vegas and the, and the subject of the prop bet is who's the hero. I think you're, I think you're betting on Clayton Kershaw or you're betting on Justin Verlander you're betting on like a, a starter or Keuchel you're betting on Keuchel right if they, like if it, that is the most likely hero frankly the way the series has gone is a guy who comes in in the third inning with the bases loaded the way Brandon Morrow did yesterday um, the guy who comes in in the third or fourth inning with the bases loaded gets out of the jam and then throws three more shutout innings. That's probably going to be that the safest bet. I think that's a pretty good bet. I mean, and, and I, I said Peacock. Peacock was the was the hero in game whatever game that was, and he came in and pitched great. Uh, but in game seven of the Yankee series, it was McCullers who came in uh, right. and pitched great uh, down the stretch. Uh, you know, don't sleep on Charlie Morton. There's another guy that could come in tonight, pitch three innings, you know, because especially – somehow Charlie Morton has become like, like Nolan Ryan. Suddenly he's like a hundred mile an hour fastball pitcher. I mean, I, I don't know how it happened. Yeah. Nobody knows. Nobody has any idea how this, how this, the, you know, this guy suddenly is just uh, throwing incredible gas uh, and incredible stuff. Uh, but yeah, don't sleep on him. I mean, that's a guy that could come in and do it. I actually think the hero will be, um, I, I'm going to, I'm going to uh, go ahead and say it. Uh, so this will give away who I think is going to win tonight. Um, I think the hero is going to be Cody Bellinger. I just have this weird vibe and feeling. Cody Bellinger has had one of the weirdest World Series of anybody ever. Uh, he is the first player in baseball history to strike out four times in two different World Series games, which is insane if right. you think about it. Two golden sombreros for, for Cody Bellinger. So that's insane. Uh, but he also was the hitting hero of two of these games and in in the uh game six when he struck out for four time for the second time he was kind of the hero because he scooped the ball out of the dirt on the justin turner play when jose altuve uh hit a ground ball that would have scored a run uh he he scooped justin turner's bad throw out of the dirt and and saved the, the series you know probably saved the dodgers entirely weird just a weird series where it's like he's he's a goat he's a here he started 0 for 13 and then he then he got the, all the big hits and then he struck out four times again and then he made a great defensive play he just feels to me like he's at the center of all this i, I think he hits the home run tonight that sort of makes the difference i love that prediction um i will now contradict my original prediction of it being a pitcher <laughs> and just because it's more fun in a game seven to imagine it being a hitter and I'll go with Justin Turner, who, as we have pointed out before, never has seemingly never has bad at bats, has an incredible eye, right. never swings at bad pitches, although he did last night and struck out. Um, but just is like he's been the guy all year for them. He's the heart and soul of the team. It's like it's I, I know I'm literally writing a cliched narrative right now of what's going to happen in this game. But if the Dodgers win and it's a close game, it would be only fitting 
frankly, that Justin Turner be the guy who comes up with the big hit or the home run or whatever it is. So I'll go with Turner. I guess we both are saying we're both predicting officially the Dodgers win, right? Is that what I'm I think sensing? We're, I think we're both predicting the Dodgers win. However, I will make the prediction that if the Astros win, which I think is a 49% chance, that's how that's how strongly <laughs> I feel about the Dodgers winning. I feel yeah. 50.51% chance that the Dodgers are going to win. So if the Astros win... I kind of feel like this has been George Springer's series. I kind of feel like he's going to be the guy. They intentionally walked George Springer uh, yesterday in a pretty key situation. But in order to face Bregman and, and Altuve and those guys, I mean, you don't do that. You don't do that. But there's something kind of crazy about what George Springer's doing. He's one home run away from tying the record for most home runs in a World Series. Uh, if it's going to be the Astros, which, again, 49.48% chance it will be, um, I think Springer's the hero. All right. And if it's the Astros, I am going to go with someone insane. Um, I'm going to go. Let me think about this. I'll go with uh, with um, Evan Gaddis. <laughs> if, if the Astros win, it's going to be because Evan Gaddis legs out a, an RBI triple uh, in the seventh <laughs> inning um, and, uh, and, and knocks in two runs to take the uh, to take the lead for good. How about that? There, there's your if you if you want the the dumbest prediction ever. There it is. Evan Gaddis, World Series Game Seven hero for on a seventh inning triple to drive into. It's it's with this series, it is absolutely one hundred percent possible that Evan Gaddis is your hero. I think it's possible. All right, Michael. So, do we feel like we've we've uh, relieved this emergency here? I think we have we have temper yes we have temporarily quelled the emergency. Uh, and we are, we will do a full podcast breaking down all of the World Series, the entire thing, in our typical long rambling hour and twenty minute fashion on Friday, and uh, or some sometime very soon, hopefully Friday. Uh, and the only thing I can tell you for sure about that podcast is it will fail to record, and no one will ever hear it. Michael, as always, thank you. Joe, thanks for having me.